0: The Loose Cannons Podcast is a free-form discussion about film that contains mature language... ...such as poop and titty... ...and descriptions of mature situations... ...such as filing taxes and raising children. We do not have any concern for spoilers, so if you haven't seen the film or films we are discussing... ...and don't want to have the twists ruined for you... Please watch the film before listening to the podcast.
1: Even a bit of green outside
2: the estate—they don't let them play there. Yeah, but it's hard for a lot of mums and dads, isn't it? I mean, they've had a hell of a week. They're under a lot of pressure and stress. Tell me about it. They get back from work—if they've got work to get back from—you know—a lot of them are single mums moms. They're exhausted. It's completely understandable if they don't take their kids out for a lovely
1: picnic with strawberries and cream. Yeah, but it's not acceptable. I know life's hard, but if you want to find a way, you find it, isn't it? Some parents just can't be bothered. Yeah, I know. Yeah, so instead they let their kids stay up half the night on chat
0: rooms. Yeah. Yeah, that's
2: worrying. Scary. Makes me so angry. <gasps> you know, a lot of seven-year-olds know more about the internet than we do. Well, at least people are talking about it. It's a good thing, isn't
3: it? Hey, everyone.
1: It's another episode of Loose Cannons coming at you. Today, we're going to be discussing 2008's Happy-Go-Lucky, directed by Mike Lee. what we're going to be doing. Yep. <laughs> right on. Yeah. Joining, joining me, Ruben, to do that is our core four classic crew, Patrick. Hey. Basil. Still here.
4: Yeah.
1: And Ilya. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hello. But before we do that, let's do this. It's a little segment we oh, like let's. to call... Yes, that's. So this segment we like to call Herald's and Announcements. Right. Um,
0: well, I saw a stand-up special called uh, Mike Birbiglia, Thank God for jokes. Um. I think that Mike Birbiglia is very funny. I think his jokes are very funny. I think that his uh, construction is also very funny—the way that he sets up punchlines to like sort of come back around at the end. And I thought I thought he did a very good job of all that. Um, I feel like. He but thinks, I hated this movie. Well, no, <laughs> I didn't hate this. I didn't hate this. I just I I feel like there are things that he says in this that make me think that I would just dislike him as a person um because he seems to have this like weird centrist politics where he's like he's he's lamenting like charlie hebdo at the beginning he's like it's so sad that people got killed because they told jokes and i was like they like were racist and drew racist cartoons that's why they got killed not because they were telling jokes like <laughs> you have missed the you have missed the point yeah. here
1: Also, it's sad when anyone dies. It's like, it's especially sad when a funny person dies. It's like, what? No. Yeah, yeah.
2: (laughs) Because then there's a little less funny in the world.
0: (laughs) But that was the thing. He was like... The world just got a
2: little less funny. (laughs) He's
0: lamenting this little, like, margin of the big picture where it's like you're completely missing the big picture to cry about the, like, like, there's, like, some squiggles on the border. Like, there's a really horrible thing in front of you. And you're not addressing that. You're like, it's so sad that people who tell jokes can get killed for it. And then he goes on later to tell a joke about the reason that people can't tell jokes in, like, the workplaces because people who are bad at telling jokes ruined it for everybody else. And I was like, that's exactly the kind of people that those people were. Like, that's the Charlie Hebdo people in a nutshell. Like, <laughs> you're complaining about them, but you're also, like, lamenting them at the same time. I'm like, I don't understand...
1: Also, I'm definitely the viewers. best joke teller at where I work, <laughs> and I'm also the person who most enforces people not telling bad jokes. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> but yeah, no, it's it, It's
0: just like, there are w- little weird things like that that crop up, and I'm like, ugh, I don't feel like I would like you as a person, but you're, all your stand-up is really funny, like he has a bit about when he went on the Muppets, and he ran out on stage and forgot his stool and like stopped in the middle of the stage and said, fuck. And like, everybody was like mortified because he said, fuck. And I was like, that's a pretty funny joke about, you know, like (laughs) the, the Muppets culture, I guess in general of like, Oh, it's, it's fine to tell us comedy, but we don't want to hear any dirty words. Like, (laughs) I don't know. Uh, But yeah, that he, he has like good jokes that fit in this like weird little margin um that i think is you know it's kind of essential for really good comedians to sort of like know exactly where they fit in the scheme of of uh (laughs) of their like world and i thought he did a really good job of all that and he's 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 a very funny person he's a good joke teller and i just wish that that like weird centrist stuff wasn't there
4: (laughs) I'm yeah. actually st- Stop being
1: still not sure if this is a herald or a announcement. Oh, it's a herald. <laughs> After, it's like, herald. four minutes. I, I, enjoyed okay. the, I
4: enjoyed the special.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I thought I said I was heralding at the top.
4: You didn't. Well,
0: no. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> no,
1: that's that's okay. why Ilya made that joke. He <laughs> <It> was like, <laughs> but you hated it.
2: <laughs> yeah. It's just... It, I just like it if you start off something really, really positively and then just, but I fucking hated this movie so much.
4: Yeah. Basil? Um, I'm going to go ahead and denounce a short film that I saw called Game, which is about basketball. It has Rick Fox in it <laughs> as nice. a high school basketball coach. And, Party uh Party Down pronounce- fame. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's literally
1: what I said there. <laughs> and, Rick Fox uh, o'clock
4: <laughs> mm-hmm. um, the premise of the short film is that uh, like a, it's the beginning of the school year and they're having tryouts for the varsity uh, basketball team which was like the best team in the state uh, the previous year or several years in a row they have a long storied history of being very good at basketball at this school and that a new transfer student uh, wants to try out for the team. And um, it's a short, short, like, well, like 17 minutes, and about three or four minutes into the short, the kind of twist reveals itself, which is that the new student is uh, actually a woman and not a man, and that she's really, really good at basketball, so she doesn't want to settle for playing on the you know, women's team, she wants to play for the best team, which is the men's team. And uh, I don't know how, like, one thing that made me uncomfortable was, I feel like, you know, by by not putting it at the very beginning that that's what it was about, like, it was, like, encouraging me to, like, try and figure out the person's gender, like, as I was watching it, and, like, that made me uncomfortable. I was like... What is going on here? Because I was like, I feel like there's obviously some gimmick here, and I feel like I think that the person who's starring in this is a woman, and I feel uncomfortable with the fact that, like, I'm, you know, having to make this kind of like a leap of being like, am I being gross? Is the movie asking me to be gross? Mm-hmm. Is what's going on? I didn't like that, and then also I'm sort of disinterested. Similar to what uh, Patrick was talking about with the berbiglia thing, I feel like the I'm tired of like the centrist idea of being like, ah, women should, if they're as good as men, they should be allowed to do the same things as men. Like, participate in a really exploitative sport that really uh, <laughs> does a lot to damage, um, you know, impoverished areas of the country. Sounds... Pretty cool. Like I think that, you know, it's that sort of uh, vague multiculturalism without any uh, like underlying social or structural critique. And I was like, I don't, I don't care about this. And uh, you know, the beats play out as you'd expect to once the sort of thing comes out. She's really good at basketball. But then there's a terrifying, you know, a horrible scene where they find out that she's actually a woman. And then, you know, what's the coach going to do? Is he going to stand up or, you know, do what's right and let her be on the team because she's really good? Or is he going to obey old gender roles and cut her for an arbitrary reason?
2: So what happens?
4: Ooh. You'll have to find it watch it and find
1: out.
2: Yep, uh, you got me on my on the edge of my seat there with the description. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna watch idea. this
1: terrible movie just to find out what the this professional <laughs> character makes. This yep, team. 17 minutes. <laughs>
2: I guess I could do that. 17 minutes. Yeah, I like and it. It does actually like-
4: have some pretty good cinematography for a short film. I, I was All okay right. with some, some of how it looked, but yeah. so I like Rick Fox yeah
2: and party down so
4: yeah yeah i was gonna say that's why it's not gonna uh, that's why i'm denouncing it because it came out this year but it's not gonna make my worst of the year or anything because i did like how it looked
2: right yeah uh i watched wonder woman in the theater over the weekend and i'm surprised to say this but it's neither a herald nor a (laughs) denouncement Like it was pretty like i i ex- really expected to hate this movie after all the all the things I heard about it, and I think that the premise is all f- screwed up, and that they should have never ever ever put the first world war in there at all <laughs> like I don't think that's okay in any sense of the word um but I thought that lots large parts of it were surprisingly decent, I like the action, I like the um some parts you know where i really wasn't expecting it like spud from train spotting being in it and being no, like weird. a okay depiction of like uh ptsd you know like you know it was like strange to have that in there um and i didn't mind a lot of things that other people minded about it the accents were kind of funny but whatever like i think That's just one thing that Hollywood should just end once and for all in general is people speaking in vague accents to convey like an ancient culture or whatever it is they're trying to convey. Like it's just always it's never going to be not stupid. Um, Yeah,
4: I thought I I thought it was very, very funny in the television show Rome. That everyone just speaks in British accents, yeah. Like, that's why <laughs> that's such an awesome show, <laughs> like, yeah. That's that's like
0: traditionally how Rome has been uh shown is like everybody has a British accent. I, don't know, I feel like yeah. I've seen but uh, it's like a good Pete Holmes, but uh, about
1: that about Game of Thrones,
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: Um, but I I, I guess uh, what I will denounce is I watched the first, like, 15 minutes of the movie The Circle, <laughs> and that movie sucks so bad, <laughs> like, already after these 15 minutes is really impressive how bad it is. But I don't know, like, beyond, like, the obvious part, like, to me, the worst part of it was that the movie asks us to identify with a person whose dream it is to work for a fucking... Like, obnoxiously, uh, like, 4.0 type of, like, tech company. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's just, like, the biggest thing that could ever happen to her is work for, like, customer care for this fucking company. And, like, when she gets the interview, she just, like, jumps up in the air and is like, yeah, I got it. (laughs) Like, you got an interview, which is, like, no... Like, I do interviews for a living now, and it's, like, it it sucks. Interviews (laughs) suck. Like, it just sucks for everyone. Um, But this is, like, supposed to be, like, the moment where, like, oh, I get invited to, like, an audition or, like, whatever, which, like, like, at least that I could get, like, in some way. Mm -hmm. Be invited for an interview for this, like, awful tech company, and that's, like, your Eureka moment. Like, that's when my life starts going great. And I don't know, like... The way that the movie kind of frames that, I thought was really gross, yeah. and uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I I might finish this movie just to make sure, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh... I
4: was gonna say yeah. I mean, I think that that's sort of the the weirdness of the target audience is like, oh, I bet you'd think it'd be awesome to work for Google. But here's some secret dirt. It wouldn't be that great after all. <laughs> Boom. In the face.
1: Yeah. It's, it's a true. comic that I can't exactly remember, but I think the premise of it worked where it's like a guy in an interview and always thinking this, um, like, don't say take your job or something like at the interview when he's like, well, he's like, well, what do you hope to get out of this job? And it's like, don't say your job. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and you know, like keeps going. He keeps moving up the ladder. <laughs> right. Um, and then finally he's like interviewing for like the position of like president of the company. And he's thinking, don't say die here. <laughs> 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 yeah, it's, so, yeah, it's so sad. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm gonna announce a film from 2013 called The Kings of Summer. Um, this is the same director as Kong Skull Island and uh, even though Basil hated Jurassic World, I remember that he liked Safety Not Guaranteed, so it's like, hey, even though he doesn't like Kong Skull Island, maybe this uh, guy made a good film previously and that's why he got to make Kong right. Skull Island. But that's not the case. Um, <laughs> And man, apparently 2013 is a good year for bad films, because when I was watching it, I was like, whoa, it's one of the worst films I've ever seen in my entire life, and it's still (laughs) the third worst film of 2013, (laughs) because 2013 is uh, Olympus Has Fallen and uh, the Evil Dead remake, (laughs) both of which I hate quite a bit. Nope. But to talk about this film, just at least briefly, like something like 10 percent of the film is slow motion shots of like young kids doing cool shit, <laughs> like yeah. ch- chopping watermelons. Oh, nice. Like it's like a trailer, like chopping watermelons in cans with a sword. <laughs> um, it's pretty cool. Yeah super cool um, <laughs> and it was really uh mm, apparently today is lawn maintenance day um it was really annoying like especially because i watched this like the day before i rewatched twilight and the kids in this movie treat their parents terribly for like no reason yeah. they're like uh my dad wants me to play monopoly with his new girlfriend instead of, like, go out to this party. This is the worst thing to happen to anyone ever. I'm literally going to call the police on him. What? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And and then I watched Twilight, and, like, Bella has to be mean to her dad, and she's, like, shaking, like, crying, Mm -hmm. because she feels like she has to be mean to her dad in order to protect him from vampires, from dying. And she's, like, really upset about it. And I was like, this kid, (laughs) like, his dad uh is mean monopoly so he's gonna call the cops on him (laughs) and so then the plot of the movie is that these two kids get so upset at their parents that they decide to like run away essentially to the middle of the woods where they build like a house and i'm like this could be cool like it doesn't make any sense like no one if kids had enough gumption to like build a house in the middle of the woods they would probably have enough gumption to like get a job and maybe declare their independence from their parents if it was really bad. But of course, that wouldn't make any sense because these parents aren't abusive. They're just like one's kind of a jerk and the other two are like very clingy and over the top caring. Um, But then like, it's just like they they're like, let's build a house here. And then the next scene, like there's a house. And I'm like, oh, that's Mm -hmm. the part that I would have liked would have been like, them building a house and maybe realizing it wasn't that great an idea. But, no. <laughs> then, um, and then, of course... And they
4: wouldn't be the kings yeah, of Summer. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but it could be a nice, ironic title. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, of course, there's a girl that the main guy likes, and she shows up and turns out she likes his friend and not him, and things go sour and follows all the normal beats that you might expect from a story like this. Um, Now, this is the worst thing that ever happened to anyone ever. (laughs) And uh, it's also just like building a house itself. It's totally unbelievable because um, like no girl is going to fall in love with the guy who's living in the woods. (laughs) (laughs) like under any circumstances no one's gonna be like you know what this was a good decision he made (laughs) my attraction for him is going to blossom and they're like the reason why um i didn't totally hate it is there's these kind of funny fantasies that the main character has of like things you know how he imagines things happening but it also sort of made me hate the other parts of the film more because i was like this is also fantasy and like this, the right. filmmakers don't realize it. Like they're not comparing like his ridiculous idea of fantasy and it's like interrupting with reality. It's like, it's just with a different, slightly more plausible fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> right. um, and then finally, I've been talking about this film forever, but uh, there's a, the weird neighbor kid, like who ends up joining them because he finds out about it along with them and he has some hilarious jokes like at one point he says that he doesn't identify with the gender and the other kids like that's extremely weird and I'm like no it's not you idiot (laughs) 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 thanks for associating something that's completely normal with a kid who does a lot of other stuff that actually is extremely weird right as a joke hilarious
4: (laughs) yeah yeah, and his. Uh, I saw the trailer for this movie like a zillion times the year it came out, and I was like, there's no way I'm ever seeing this movie. It's like garbage. <laughs> like, you were right. And then I kept hearing, yeah, I kept hearing uh, Doug Benson talking it up because uh, Jordan Vote Roberts was on the show, and so was uh, Moises Alou, the guy who plays the weird kid or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, he his was. Name
0: is, uh, his name is Moises Alou. What? I think so. Uh, Moises Arias. I was, yeah, I was about to say Moises he oh, was Arias. a baseball player. <laughs>
4: <laughs> no, yeah, that's why. I, that's why I got it messed up. Sorry. Moises <laughs> Arias. But, yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, his star-making turn, supposedly. Although I haven't seen him anything since then, so I guess it didn't work out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This movie oh, has awesome. a bunch of. You just
2: know all those kids are gonna turn up to be turn out to be like huge tech moguls someday, <laughs> and they're. Just gonna have, like, the same <laughs> They're gonna hire Emma Watson. So. <laughs> They're gonna have hire Emma Watson. Apparently, uh, he was yep. on...
0: Apparently, that kid was on Hannah Montana. That's where he's from.
4: Yeah. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. His acting style looked, like, Disney-ified. <laughs> um...
1: And this movie has a bunch of comedians who I normally like, and I don't like any of them in this movie. Nick Offerman, mm-hmm. Marilyn rice Cobb, Thomas Middlewich, um... I still like Hannibal Burris, but he's only in it for like a second. <laughs>
4: mm-hmm. What about Megan Mullally?
1: Uh, yeah, I normally like her. She's fine in this movie. Feel. <laughs> 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 she had Gre- Greg Gregg play the overbearing parents, and Nick Offerman mm-hmm. plays the jerk single dad who. Um, His wife died.
2: So that's another bad Nick Offerman performance after the one in The Founder. Sure.
4: (laughs) He looks bad in The Hero as well. If anyone else is... He's
2: on a bad role. Um, Whatever the opposite is of being on a role, that's what he's on.
4: A
1: standstill. But he doesn't care because he's... Happy go lucky.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> Moving right along
4: Alright, um, is your I pick. will
0: do the the plot for this film since this was mine. Um this is a kind of an episodic character piece about a woman named Poppy who lives in London. Uh she's a school teacher and she's kind of well, I shouldn't say kind of. She's very outgoing and uh oh man that's loud Mm -hmm. uh she's she's very outgoing and um she laughs a lot and she talks very fast and uh she's i guess um not necessarily gregarious but kind of gregarious i guess a little bit and uh she lives in a flat with her other friend who's also a school teacher um she you know we, we see a bit of her like at school teaching kids and uh making these bird costumes for them and then there's this whole plot where she's learning how to drive um and she has this really crazy driving instructor who's a racist and a conspiracy theorist and basically a horrible person um and then she also meets uh this counselor who she falls in love with and has kind of a thing going with uh by the end of the movie and trying to remember if there are any other like little plot threads because this isn't a very like straight up plotted movie it's kind of episodic um i think there's a part where they go see her sister also and then um uh, i think that's i think it's everything that happens in this movie pretty much oh she learns to dance she learns the flamenco dance too i forgot about
1: the flamenco dancing so yep oh yeah I would recommend oh, yeah. cutting out my audio every time that I'm not talking.
0: <laughs> Will
1: do.
4: Uh, I like this movie a lot, actually. Uh, um, I mean, I think for years I'd heard about Sally Hawkins' performance. People talked it up a lot. And then I'll, I feel like uh, I'm always primed to like disagree with people when I hear stuff like that especially for you know the almost 10 years since this movie came out but i did like her a lot in it and i liked a lot of the scenes and i sort of like the way that they add up without you know adding up in the traditional hollywood sense of it where you know all the storylines get resolved together and etc etc the kind of episodic nature of it was pretty cool and other stuff we can get into as we talk. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I really like this. I think it's uh, interesting to to watch the difference between how Mike Lee treats a at first seemingly manic pixie dream girl character and uh, how like somebody like Woody Allen or whoever would might treat it. Like the way like Baza mentioned it accumulates throughout the movie like the way that she's, like, consciously being the way that she is, like, <clears throat> although a lot of factors in her life might point her towards not being that way, and a lot of people in her life might steer her to be about not being that way, or not being positive and upbeat and trying to, like, uh, you know, like, be a genuinely happy person or at least also try to make the people around you uh, feel better. Um, I felt like the movie got that part quite right. and also with some scenes like the scene with her and the homeless person showed just where like maybe the limitations of that approach can be and how you know she's does like, You know, realize also like the extent to which she's, you know, able to be that way with people. And I think it like walks a pretty fine line there. Uh, I think a lot of movies would have really failed that scene in particular because it also kind of comes out of nowhere. Um, But I like the performances a lot. Besides her, uh, the guy who plays the driver, her driving instructor, although a pretty one note performance. Is really good in it. Um, I thought her f- best friend is also like a very nicely fleshed out kind of supporting cast member. So um, yeah, I, I and I also like I, the movie was just such a breeze to watch. Although you know having a lot of like difficult scenes, it just felt incredibly well paced and uh, yeah, I, I liked us uh, a lot.
0: Yeah, even the even the difficult scenes go real fast.
2: <laughs> real fast.
1: I love this movie. Maybe a little bit less than another year, just because I think I care about the... <coughs> I don't know, characters. The idea of another year slightly more. Um, but I still think they're both really, really good. Um, something that no one mentioned so far uh, that I think is really good about this film is how uh, its own construction sort of reflects Poppy's character like when she's talking she'll just talk about whatever thing is interesting her literally right that second so (laughs) Mm -hmm. like she'll just jump to a new conversation and the movie does exactly the same thing they're like oh you know it'd be cool We just showed Poppy jumping up and down on a trampoline right now. (laughs) Um, And yet still kind of like her as well. That doesn't mean that the movie is just a collection of random scenes because it's like, oh, she's jumping up and down on a trampoline. All right. Well, we're going to have another scene connected to that scene where, you know, she tweaked her back or whatever. Um, And now we're going to show her getting her back worked on or whatever. And so it's not like it doesn't have a structure or it's just like a bunch of random gobbledygook but it still manages to replicate who the character is Um,
0: I also like this movie a lot Uh, I really um, enjoyed how sort of on its face it kind of has the construction of a romantic comedy in a way where you have the scenes that are like really familiar from a romantic comedy where it's like kind of the meet cute scene and it's like even that first scene in the movie where it's like You feel like that scene is in a lot of movies where it's like, oh, a a girl goes into a bookstore and sees a guy working there and she talks to him and then they hit it off or whatever. like (laughs) that guy cannot be less interested in her (laughs) at all. (laughs) I also think it's really funny in that scene that she goes and starts reading a children's book instead of, like, actual (laughs) books. (laughs) But, um, like, underneath the surface, it feels like the movie's all about, like, people and the way that they deal with pain. Um, because Poppy's whole thing with pain is like she, she literally like laughs instead of like expressing pain because uh, when she's getting her back worked on by that chiropractor, he's like popping her back and she's like, oh, oh. <laughs> she's like just laughing as he's like, you know, like cracking her back and like ever, like actively hurting her like she's saying it hurts, but she's also laughing while it's happening. And you just get all these different uh, like approaches to it like, uh Eddie Marzon's character, the, the driving instructor, is just like he he's obviously like somebody who has a lot of pain, but he's just like funneled it into anger about literally everything <laughs> almost. Where he's just angry about everything and like horrible to everybody he meets apparently. And uh, you know, you you also get the scenes of the the one child in the class who's like angry and like bullying other kids. Because someone's hurting him. And it's it's this like really interesting, like, you know, um, almost like spider webby thing of like the way pain affects everyone around you and the way that, you know, you choose to deal with the pain that's dealt to you in weird ways. And I thought that was like a really interesting, like, underpinning for this movie that's <laughs> on its face about someone who is just is like trying to be as positive as possible about everything
2: yeah another element of that is uh the education aspect like uh so that kid that poppy is is in poppy's class she uh notices what's going on with him and then like tries to figure out how to approach it and then enlist this uh social worker to help with that right uh Whereas when she asks, I forget the character's name, but the driving instructor. Scott, I think. Uh, Scott, yeah. Scott, right. She asks him how he did in school and at some point <clears throat> asks him if he was bullied. But before then, he mentioned something about how it did not agree with him or some some other uh, thing. And I think it's a pretty clear commentary on how not like, oh, if you don't not happy at school, you're going to turn out to be like a uh whatever, like a like a bullied uh person with like an awful awful outlook on life. But it does say that like, well, you know, like part of the education system is also uh looking out for the kids like mental well being. Um and if it's you know, if there's something going on to just also address it in some way. Whereas with Scott it clearly was not the case and no one ever addressed it because most of his uh problems Clearly stem from like a, you know, uh, a a, a mental illness that he has uh, or or something.
1: Yeah, I think something another way in which the movie reflects her own personality is even when you have like a person who is kind of horrible, like Scott. Like obviously, she and the film itself call like call him out for his like really terrible racism, Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean that he. he isn't right about anything like the way that he's describing school maybe he wouldn't have experienced that if he was taught by poppy but it's not really actually that wrong a description of school it's like if you fit in you move ahead um like you know that can either be both socially or educationally like if you are You know, like, they want you to be just a certain level of smart in school. Like, they don't want you talking about, like, communism or something. Like, that'll get you in trouble (laughs) in school, right? And it's the same thing, like, socially. Like, you know, if you're cool or whatever, if you fit in with a cool group, like, you'll move ahead, like, socially. And, like, sort of what he's saying there is, you know, kind of correct. And it, like, you know, makes you, it makes me at least a little bit sympathetic too him and Mm -hmm. um, yeah it's interesting i I think to do that just because like it'd be so easy especially for i think film viewers like us to just like hate that dude because he does so many awful things that we would normally call out (laughs) and because the film is so clearly like centered on poppy's perspective you never do yeah and and then patrick can go just after i really love the part at the end uh, when she's given the line and it's like there's something that a manic pixie dream girl who was like an actual manic pixie dream girl would never say is her friend is like I still think we should call the cops on him and she says the police can't help him
3: Yeah.
1: know <laughs> yeah. so it's like, good. Yeah. a
0: good one Yeah, uh, and I also think too that there are like it, it is interesting that like s- like sometimes it's almost like that like broke clock is right twice a day thing where he's like sometimes he does say something that like poppy really does need to hear like stop fucking around while you're driving the car like because <laughs> he is kind of right he's like you're like you could kill somebody doing that <laughs> it's like it's like sometimes he's like right about things but then he's just awful <laughs> most of the rest of the time and you're just like yeah oh god i think like, she is
1: paying attention though he's just uh he thinks any like anything superficially it's like <laughs> needs to be commented on or whatever like you know the boots is like the clear example where oh, she's yeah, driving yeah. fine with the boots but he's yeah. getting super upset about them anyways because in his head yeah you know you can't drive as well with boots which you don't know, i don't know maybe is true um yeah, yeah. but like
0: <laughs> i was talking about the part where she like deliberately like like ducks down and like you know like acts like there's yeah. a car coming and there's the, like i was like yeah you could like actually kill somebody doing like fucking around like that <laughs> And So like, but yeah, but I mean, she, she uses
2: that line against him <laughs> yeah. later, right? She t- when he's yeah, yeah. like in this mode, then and like, it's yeah. t- she's like, okay, you, you, you're not, you're not fit to drive. You're endangering yeah, other yeah. people right he now. He actually is, and point, he. Yeah. But he clearly, you know, in that, in that case, like, he does not think this would ever apply to him. This can only apply to, like... Yeah, yeah. In his view, like, this weird woman who's, like, not taking anything seriously. You're a yeah.
1: teacher? Yep, I don't know how that happened.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Probably <Yeah. laughs> you
1: worked really hard to get a degree
4: yeah. in education.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Probably,
4: yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, that was definitely something that I was thinking, that it is somewhere... It's weirdly somewhere sort of in the center because i agree with reuben that she's probably driving fine but that also you know there there are ways in which like people cannot pay attention 100 percent and that that can be but that also like she's right in the sense that regardless of anything a human being is like incapable of paying attention 100 percent of the time and that like you know like that his super rigid like control obsessed style of teaching is you know like obviously a projection of his own insecurities rather than a way that you could feasibly like any person could feasibly drive all the time or whatever.
2: Man, I, I, I it was, I thought the Enraha bit was really, really <laughs> funny though. Every time he said Enraha, I was like, it was so funny to me. I that. It was that just,
0: such a funny, like, um, uh, that, that seems to me like a funny thing. It's just thing. like, Well, it comes out of the, I think, the way that Mike Lee, like, works with his actors. He actually, like, gets them to sort of inhabit the character for a while beforehand. And they they kind of uh, bounce stuff off of each other. And so, like, that was probably something that, like, Eddie Marson came up with himself. Like, I would imagine, like, something that came out of, like, just improvising, like, weird things for him to, to, like, for, like, building blocks of that character. (laughs)
2: It's just funny yeah, because like fun- everything else he's saying is this like dry like constructor <laughs> like instructor thing of like watch here don't do that like be more serious and then he's like en raha en <laughs> raha en raha it's just like what
0: the fuck he has that <laughs> whole so spiel funny. about the Washington Monument and six 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 I was just like
2: this <laughs> yeah, is yeah right so yeah, weird. yeah, yeah. That, I mean. In, I mean, yeah, yeah, that part was almost like, okay, yeah, I guess he's <laughs> like a cultist or whatever. Like, okay, Yeah, that fine. conversation but like the, I starts off was, like, I was really like,
1: oh, I kind of identify with this because he's like, look around you. He's like, are the systems that we have in place built in for happiness? No, they're not built to increase people's happiness. And I was like, okay. I kind of agree uh-huh. with this weird yeah, racist yeah. or whatever, <laughs> yeah, and then he goes to like an Illuminati angle, and I'm like, it doesn't have to be the Illuminati. It can just be people <laughs> wanting money and power. That can just be the thing causing unhappiness in others.
2: <laughs> yep. Yeah. Well, it's a thin line between conspiracy and uh, being <laughs> thinking outside the system. <laughs> yeah, very fair, thin yeah. line.
4: Yeah, uh, Mitchell and I, this is only a mild digression, but Mitchell and I yesterday were talking about how obsessed Jay-Z seems to be lately with, like, telling people he's not in the Illuminati, because, <laughs> and I was like, he's being so defensive about it, he's making me think that maybe he is, <laughs> <laughs> Like, like he has so much money, and yet he's devoting, like, multiple lyrics over different songs to, like, telling people he's not in the Illuminati. And I was like, why does this bother him so much?
1: <laughs> yeah, Beyonce has a lyric, too. She's like, that Illuminati shit is corny, y'all. Formation.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, I find this pictures that people like take and there's like a tiny little like maybe a light that looks yeah. kind of like a triangle, the Illuminati like, triangle like, joke Illuminati. is funny
1: <laughs> um yeah i was gonna say that he's still probably a better driving instructor than the one that mark gets in the episodes <laughs> where he, he tries to learn how to drive and the guy's like put your foot on the clutch and like go to." First, just something like that and then it like stalls out and he's like, You stalled out <laughs> and he's like, Yes, thank you, I know and then he tries to do it again and he starts laughing at him and he's like, try driving less like crap now. <laughs> Mark has that great speech, and he's like, Maybe yeah. some of the people you train will essentially already know how to drive. They're coming from second <laughs> world countries, and they just need to get a license here. But I must warn you that the majority of your students have no idea how to drive.
0: <laughs>
2: uh. yeah. It's funny because Jeremy later does the same thing to yes. him when he has to drive his pregnant wife to the fucking <laughs> hospital. Just like, stop driving like a dick. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Look at shit. Um yeah. But so good. Yeah,
4: I um, think that um it's interesting. Uh, I mean, sort of Ilya brought it up earlier, but the scene with the homeless person, I mean it it sort of then mirrors like uh a scene with um this the sort of end scene with uh scott or whatever where like there it's a strange thing where like she's extending this like vast well of empathy like a much more than you know i do in my normal everyday life like way more (laughs) and way more than most people but like something about the way that the scene is like filmed there's like it's it's a very tense scene because she's being extremely nice to him, but, like, also it, Mike Lee makes it pretty apparent that they're just, like, alone there. So she's, like, taking a fairly large risk just being, like, alone and spending time with this person. Yep. And I was like, oh, this is, like, pretty cool the way that he's able to, like, balance these two things and, like, not just completely candy coat this idea that, like, oh, everyone should just, like, Go hang out yeah. with homeless people and talk to them more. And- <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, I think it's
1: very. Great. Yeah, I I would say the homeless person scene is one scene that I don't like a super lot, especially because, as you say, I feel like the driving instructor storyline sort of addresses the same thing, which is that he's kind of saying, like, I think one of the things that the film is saying is like, yeah, this this is a real risk. Like, Poppy could come to a very bad end because of the way that she lives. Her life, but that maybe it's still worth it anyway. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, I know. I thought of that homeless uh, scene, like the scene in Fargo where Marge meets her like old like friend or whatever who. Except for I love that scene. Which then like, (laughs) yeah, but like in the the way it functions for me is like really just like in a way of her like her character who kind of never shies away from anything to, like, be able to kind of let go and, like, say, yeah, I'm sorry. Like, I'm not going to, we're not going to do the usual time tomorrow or, or next week or whatever. Like, she does extend this will of empathy, but, like, if that so scene is boundaries. an indication, she's, like, she learns, like, yeah. the limits of her, like, of what she could actually do when people are not responding <laughs> to what she's doing. And Scott is clearly not responding. Not quite in the same way that the homeless guy isn't responding, but, like, she just can't reach him. Yeah. Right. And, like...
1: I laughed really hard. It was kind of a sad, scared laugh, but I still laughed really hard when, after they've had this huge fight, and she finally agrees to give him back his keys, and he's like, okay, so next uh, (laughs) time, same time next week? (laughs) I was like,
4: really, dude? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I mean... He's I in love with her. The that's what's really cool about the, I mean, uh, the way that Mike Lee shoots it, but also just like the guy's performance. That like when he's screaming like at her and like so frustrated and upset, he looks so much like just like a tiny child and like just like this like bullied little yeah. boy who was just like like very very upset and like very very much like also entitled the way that small. Uh, boys especially tend to be that are like, you know, where he's like, you promised me all this stuff, which obviously she didn't. Yeah. And he like read all of that into like nothing, basically. But yeah, um, yeah the fact that yeah. she's like probably
1: but, the first woman who's been like somewhat nice and like joking with him because she doesn't, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. just get immediately turned off by his creepiness.
2: And the but, other point is that like besides that- Scott, there's like only one other male or, like, maybe two, if you include her sister's husband. Oh, yeah. Like, there's only Ben, right? Who's, like, her boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's, like, pretty huge. Like, he's really tall. There's that scene where they all are, like, in one in one yeah. shot. And, you know, Scott just looks like a, yeah, like yeah. a little boy. Yeah. <laughs> like in, in that scene, especially. And uh, not to, like whatever put too much stock in that whatever but uh yeah i'm pretty sure the movie is making that point and that that's how poppy sees him like as like like, this child that just like wasn't like didn't get the help that maybe she could have given him or whatever
4: it's also or that he needed
0: yeah and i kind of wanted to go to bed too like uh it's i also think it's a very like interesting thing for a meat meet cute to happen over two adults <laughs> like trying to help a child who's being abused like that's <laughs> maybe the most uncomfortable weird sort of meet cute that i've ever seen in a movie where it's yeah. like oh they just got finished but, like talking to this child about being abused and they're just like hey you want to go get a drink later <laughs> like
1: yeah i i don't know i i like that i think it's recognizing like the realities of adulthood it's like oh oh yeah 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 like You I, can't I just, like, pass bad. up yeah. the opportunity to, like, someone that you have a connection with just because it came under the bizarre circumstances of adulthood. Sorry, Basil, you were yeah, saying... Yeah, I something. just loved
2: how oh, into okay. her... Yeah, <laughs> sorry.
4: No, yeah, Um, I mean, like, oh, I was just going to add, like, that I really, really like their first date because, like... It's not like mm. super charming, witty banter all the time. Like she's being herself, but like there's also just like awkward pauses, and there's just like a part where they both stop talking, and then he's just like, "This is nice," and she's like, "Yeah, this is nice." <laughs> but, like... <laughs> Reaffirming yeah, it. To I was. Themselves. I really
2: liked how how into her he was. Like, oh yeah, I love really like so much how like because the rest of the movie kind of shows how people are either like used to her. Mm-hmm. Like it's her friends yeah. or it's like people, random people like the guy in the bookstore <coughs> yeah. or Scott who are just like completely unreceptive to her. <laughs> and just, yeah. like this is like the guy who like just just meets her and is like, wow, you're awesome. Like you're amazing. Like yeah. every like I love I love you so much yeah. immediately. And I was just like, yeah, that's actually kind of great that this movie puts that in there. Like, yeah, I, it's it cool. really uh, cool because he's that. a
0: guy who's like full of empathy as well like that's his whole job is just being a counselor and so he's like it's like empathy recognizing empathy he's like oh you have a lot of empathy I have a lot of empathy (laughs) 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 empathy recognize
1: empathy yeah
0: yeah (laughs) empathizers gotta
1: empathize (laughs) (laughs) yeah I I was gonna say what building off uh, who was whoever was talking about the men or the few men in this film is that um I think that was Ilya, um, that, like, Mm, it's kind of, like, a funny reversal that, like, the men in this film just serve as, like, romantic interest for the women. Like, they don't (laughs) have any interior, like, separate lives of themselves. It's (gasps) like, oh, is this a guy who I could date? Like, even, like, Scott, like, when she first meets him, is just, like, someone that Poppy jokes about her roommate dating. She's like, yeah, you'd like him. Like, he's thick. (laughs) It's like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like that's hilarious I that. <laughs> yeah <Thick. laughs> um, i also
0: like yeah. how how like into the uh the chiropractor guy they are yeah. they're just like ooh, he's fit oh, yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> vague like... vaguely being very exotifying in that moment <laughs> like yeah,
1: yeah. um but yeah, like most of the scenes in this movie like couldn't pass the Bechdel test because even when two women are talking, they're almost always talking about a man. But they're talking about, you know, this is one of the limitations of the test is they're talking about men in such a way where like they, you know, I don't know. There's such clear fleshed out characters of the story and the men are so not that <laughs> that like, you know, it doesn't matter. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, Uh-oh. maybe. I, I I don't know, though. I, I feel like there are a lot of scenes where it's just, it's like her and her sister talking about her, you know, her, her law exam or whatever she's taking
1: her. Yeah, I didn't say no scene would pass the Bechdel test. <laughs> I just said there are lots of scenes that wouldn't pass the Bechdel test, but that I don't oh, think Oh, okay, that, you weren't saying the whole movie.
0: You were just saying, okay, it's just the scenes, okay. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yep. See. The, a lot of this movie centers just... around uh, young-ish women talking about men, mm-hmm. Um, but that it doesn't feel at all like that's their lives. Right. Yeah,
4: It's not Sex in the City, the movie. Right. But, uh, yeah, I was going to say, uh, actually, I mean, this, I'm going slightly off track, but we, I meant to bring it up earlier when we talked about the bookstore guy, that I actually, uh, Dan Schenck recommended this movie to me when it first came out, and I got it from Netflix. And I watched that scene and then I turned the movie off and I never finished it. And like partly because like I identified too much with that guy. <laughs> I was like, oh, this reminds me too much of like every like well-meaning, but like insufferable yeah. customer that I've ever had where they're like trying to make like jokes. And I'm just like, I'm just at work. Like, please leave me alone. Like, Having a good day until I, I came okay. along, right? Mm? Huh? Mm? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but and now i'm sad that i didn't watch it then well, the, uh, because i felt the same way this time but then i liked the movie a lot almost immediately after that so i was like oh yeah I yeah i just got no, past I, that one part
1: i totally think that it's intentional because he's gonna make a movie about this yeah. character he wants to like start right off be like yeah wouldn't they be kind of insufferable in real life and like to me actually the part where i was like um i mean I, I knew I was going to like the movie because I liked the way it was shot and I liked her acting, but like she walks outside and her bike's gone and she's like, oh, mm, well, didn't even get to say goodbye. And (laughs) I was like, no, (laughs) how can you be not upset about your bike being stolen? (laughs) I was like, that's just not right. (laughs) Yeah. But I mean, I think that's intentional. I think it's, but, you know, he's being like, yeah, like,
3: Mm hmm
1: someone with the fervor and intensity of Robin Williams, except for towards positivity, might be yeah. a little bit hard to take. <laughs> yeah, exactly, and, yeah.
0: And that's the thing, Is like, I feel I, I feel like I've met people like this who, who like, laugh in place of actually expressing, like, pain, who will just be like, ah, ha, 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 they'll, like, tell you a horrible story about something that <laughs> happened to them, and they'll just be like, ah, oh, but that was a long time ago. Yeah, that's no big deal. Or something like that. And they'll just, like, it's like how could you laugh at that like (laughs) but you know i guess you realize it's like that's just a defense mechanism that some people develop because everybody has to deal with pain in their own way
2: yeah i mean i the the, you know the most telling scene in that was the one between her and her sister right when her sister is like i don't think you're happy and it's like she's like fucking miserable with her fucking Mm -hmm. like pregnant belly and like just being completely overwhelmed by our whole situation. And like Poppy tells her quite genuinely that like, yeah, I mean, I live in this weird flat with like my, my, my job that I actually like. And, uh, I live with my best friend who I love and, you know, I don't have a lot of money, but like, it's pretty cool. Like I like my life. Like, that's kind of tells you a lot about also how she, you know, she does choose to be that way. Like, the most important thing about this with, like, usually with Manic Pixie dream girls it's like, oh, like, why is she like that? Is there something magical about her? Like, ooh, like, how does she do? It's like, with Poppy, it's pretty clear that, like, no, this is like a conscious decision that she makes every time that she's in these situations. That, like, she chooses to act this way. And, like, she knows why Because, like, this is how she sees Or, like, wants to See the world, or whatever And mm-hmm. I think that that's the main difference Between, like, someone like her And, you know, someone From, like, Chunking Express Or, like, someone from Amelie <laughs> Or someone, or Annie Hall To be honest, like, Annie Hall No fucking clue why she's the way she is In most of that movie Um And, like this movie at least sort of like shows you no like this is not coming from a person who's oblivious to like pain and suffering and like evils in the world or whatever
1: no if anything she has like a real laser sense of those things (laughs) like when she's driving around with scott like the first time she's like you know she's like were you an only child or something like that and he has like this deep intake uh, like moment, mm-hmm. and then he's like, "Okay, turn left here, or whatever." <laughs> and doesn't respond yeah. to him. It's like so obvious that she's like hit the nail like right on the head. Um, mm-hmm.
4: and you know, like yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was gonna say, and yeah, that like, I mean, obviously, like, um, like early on, he asks her if she lives with her parents, and then she's like, "No, of course not. What am I?" <laughs> and then like later, like. It only comes up for a second, but like that he lives with his mom, and that that's like, uh, like obviously one of the many things that built up this like repressed rage towards her or whatever.
0: Yeah, towards, towards women yeah. in general, probably. Well, yeah, but
4: I mean, like obviously that, you know, he, it, all of these different things are yeah. building yeah. up or whatever. I mean, I probably
1: part of the like, reason why he's attracted to her is because she represents in more ways than one, something that he can't have slash be like, he's like, man, I wish I was happy. (laughs) (laughs) I wish I didn't live with my parents. You know, I wish that, you know, I could be a teacher, but also didn't feel like the need to impress on people how much bigger and better I am. But through being a teacher, you know, she doesn't say anything about being a teacher until it's like forced into the conversation and so there's all yeah the the ironic part Mm -hmm. sorry oh i was just concluding just so there's all these ways in which she is things that he would like to be
2: yeah i mean the ironic part is that like he's talking about like not believing in systems or like way way systems work and like in the end he's like the guy who just follows like the system of what a teacher or an instructor should be to like an absolute T, like, oh, mm-hmm. if I only get this really, really right, like people should love me or people should respect yeah. me because I'm really good at what I do. I'm like a really good instructor. Like he yells that at some point. <laughs> I'm a really good instructor. Like like and that's like that's what he prides himself on on being, and like there's nothing wrong with that, but like he just thinks that like because he finally buys into the system that he detests. Like, he has to get something back, but then he doesn't. And all people are basically mean to him all the time. And, like, he doesn't, like, he never, like, thinks that this is fair because what else can he do but, like, be the best at this particular thing that he does? And then magic things or good things would happen to him, and then they don't, you know? Like, uh, in a lot of ways, there's ways in which this movie makes his character way more sympathetic than you ever would, would be in a movie or, or ordinarily.
0: Yeah, there's also this sense from him that he's, like, superior because he can drive. Like, he, he sort of feels like, oh, I've, you know, sort of bought into this element of the capitalist system where you have to own a car and be able to, like, follow this, you know, these very specific rules and have to be good at doing it to a certain extent. And it's like, he kind of has a sense of superiority just about that like he's just like oh you didn't learn how to do this thing that adults do Mm. even though it's not necessarily Mm. like an adult thing to know how to drive a car he just believes it is
4: she's just doing it because she wants to like she's learning because she wants to because there's that part right after they fight when she's like I'm going to drive you back and he's like this lesson's over if you're not a pupil you're not allowed to drive and then she's like Fine, I don't mind walking, but you're not driving this car. <laughs> and I, and it's just like, yeah, she doesn't mind walking.
1: Yeah. She's. I mean, this is like lesson number three or four at this point. So for a month, she's had no bike and no car. So she's just been getting around by foot and public transport. I mean, they live in London, right? So you don't need yeah. a car in London. <laughs> yeah, you
0: can. You can get everywhere sure by the, by the tube.
4: Tube underground. Yeah, and the sweet
0: oh, ass yeah. double decker buses. <laughs> yeah, I never did. Oh yeah, never did ride on the oh, buses
1: yeah. when I was it, but I did take the tube a lot. Mm. Um, I was gonna. No. Sorry. Oh yeah, go ahead. I was just gonna go, go back to the sister and how like <coughs> that could even be seen oh, yeah. as a mirroring of like the example of what Scott is talking about, like what happens. Mm. You do just follow. The rules and don't ever think about the decisions that you're making for yourself. She's like, okay, I have to get married and I have to get pregnant and I have to get a pension or whatever. And she's like yelling at Poppy about all these things. And like, she doesn't say it because Poppy is a nice person, but Poppy wants to be like, so have those things made you happy? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, no. her sister
2: says that, right? Like yeah. her little sister says that to, says that to her. She's like, "Stop projecting! Yeah. Like you're yeah. projecting all this shit on Poppy mm-hmm. when you're so fucking miserable." Yeah. Like, you little can't sister's even stand not it. quite
1: as uh, empathetic or sociable yeah. as Poppy is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. No,
2: um, neither of her sisters she's are.
1: <laughs>
0: she's a law
4: student. That's why. <laughs> but she believes. In there's a justice. fun. <laughs> sort of a throwaway line in that part that I liked a lot when she's like you gotta have a plan poppy and she's like a five-year plan what am I stalling?" (laughs) (laughs) and I think that that's like a pretty good like you know it's a throwaway line but it's also a pretty good indication of like what what she actually means that there is like this idea of like ordering your life in this hierarchical way is this like kind of Capitulation towards like authoritarianism—that you're like, if I follow the rules, if I do what I'm told, <laughs> I'm gonna get the things that I want. And then it's like, why would I do that? This doesn't seem fun. Like, just, yeah. yeah, and it's just like the, like
2: the the way that it mirrors, like Ruben said, the sister mm-hmm. and Scott is like they both take their frustrations out on somebody who's not bought into that same idea, mm-hmm. and because they're frustrated with the fact that these people exist and they remind them. That they actually did buy in, like the best way to go about that is to just shit on these people <laughs> as much as yeah. you can, until they like finally admit that no, it sucks, like, and I wish I were you. Know you know who Democrats I wish I had hate the most? Done the same thing.
1: It's not. It's not <laughs> yeah, Republicans. <laughs> yeah. It's left wingers. Yep. It's because they represent actually following their out through their ideology to the end, and they're like, no. So you're saying I didn't have to sell out. <laughs>
4: what <laughs> I refuse to believe but, that
1: uh, <laughs> don't trade yeah, the good yeah. for the perfect I'm melting <laughs> 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 oh, just before we move on I just want to say that my favorite part of that scene is when she storms off to a room and the little sister's like hey so let's play playstation and the yeah. husband's like yeah, yeah yeah and then she yeah, comes yeah. back yeah. out and he's like, like, oh, like oh maybe not maybe tomorrow <laughs> maybe not. <laughs>
4: that yeah that yeah. guy's so pathetic to me cause like it's, like, so clear what their relationship is and also just, like, that, uh, you know, like... Like, he doesn't make any effort to, like, go comfort his wife who's, like, clearly very upset. Even if she's, yeah. like, upset for the wrong reason, he's just, like... He's nah, just, like, know, hormones. He <laughs> yeah. And uh, he, yeah, hormones. yeah. And right? Then he just uses the, like, dumb platitude yeah. to, like, play off why she's yeah, upset. Yeah, and he's yeah. on yeah. their
0: side in that argument, too. He's, like, he's like they weren't attacking you. <laughs> or whatever, whatever the, yeah. he's like agreeing with them he's not on her side at all
1: yeah I think I probably yeah, I guess would. a less pathetic
2: version of that guy would have been like uh, like standing up for his wife in that scene but then would have gone with her to a room and been like they weren't attacking you like he, he, you're being an idiot <laughs>
1: Like, um, yeah so. I think I probably liked him uh, more than the film actually wanted me to because that same actor plays the son in another year and he's a much nicer more
4: interesting person in that movie. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I mean, I think that one of the things that's interesting about it is, like, that they're both unhappy in their relationship, but they're both, like, unhappy, you know, for, like, the same reasons, even though they acted out differently because of the way that they, because of, like, gender roles and stuff like that, but, like, you know, she's, like, she's very controlling of him with all that stuff, but that's because she obviously is not getting like any like emotional support from him so like she's being she's taking it out on him and then he feels repressed and frustrated because of that but like he's not do like you know it's like a thing where like men that feel like oh my controlling wife she never lets me do anything and it's like she's probably being that way because you're like a shitty husband who's like (laughs) not supportive of her like you know that there's like two mutually petty ways of taking out their frustrations (coughs) on each other imagine me and you unhappy together (laughs) 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 but I thought that it was really cool that the movie was able to like create that entire relationship uh, as like sort of stereotypical as it is like within just a really small amount of space and hint at all that was like Repressed awfulness or whatever. I don't know why, but for some reason yeah. I thought
1: they still liked each other, and that maybe like <laughs> having Poppy around might mean that they could talk and like figure out that they didn't want all this <laughs> and just have like a nice right. nice time. <laughs> <laughs>
4: maybe in the sequel, <laughs> they'll be happy together. But happier, happier sold their Ikea happier. Happy gone
1: lucky. Happier, happier, <laughs>
0: go
4: gone luckier. luckier. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, I also like the way that um Poppy intentionally plays into uh Scott's homophobia when he <laughs> yeah. misunderstands what oh, yeah, yeah, she says about really her funny. roommate. <laughs> she just like, Yeah, I love her. Yeah, problem with that,
2: yeah, and it's obvious that like she she just like wants to take the piss out of him at that moment. Yeah. Like she's like, "Yeah, I'm not gonna I'm gonna make this as uncomfortable for you as I can <laughs> right Oh uh, yeah,
4: that was the that reminded me of the other thing that I really really like when he's like super mad at her. He's like, "Was that guy your boyfriend?" And she just doesn't answer. And I was like, "Ah, oh, that's cool." <laughs> like, Yep. like Because it's, uh, you know, I mean... None of your business. I feel like, <laughs> right, and even, like, it's... I mean, it should have been obvious a long, long time ago, but, like, I feel like even, like, think pieces about, like, you know, the ways in which, like, women reject men via, like, being like, sorry, I have a boyfriend or blah, 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 as, like, a, a deferring thing, which is understandable because right. it's uncomfortable. But, like, stuff like that has, like... I mean, I started seeing stuff like that on the internet, like, six, seven years ago. Like, this movie is, like, earlier than that and, like, totally keyed into the idea that, you know, she's... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, when you answer that, it's like, oh, it
2: otherwise I would totally be with you if I just didn't have right. my stupid boyfriend. Uh, like, oh, man. Yeah. And, so and the idea unfair. of seeing
1: other men as their competition as opposed to her actual feelings as the right. the barrier um, <laughs> yeah. and yeah. You know, and the idea of men seeing women as property so it's like oh another man has you okay
4: yeah I accept right. <laughs> yeah
1: and I also think even in that, it building off the taking the piss out of him is her sort of in a way refusal to actually pin down her sexuality for this stranger <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> To be like uh yeah not only is it not your business and i'm not going to reject you by telling you that i have a boyfriend but like also it doesn't matter if i'm straight or gay or bi or you know don't i if i'm poly or i don't identify as any of these labels mm-hmm. like who yeah.
4: cares <laughs> yep. and this is completely off topic but it reminded me because we're talking about the driving, that I thought it was very funny that the um, school is called the Axel School of Motoring. (laughs) (laughs) Scott is the
1: one exception, but a note that I wrote down is all teachers are drunk all the time. And whenever I think about my own elementary school (laughs) experiences, I think that there's probably an element of that. (laughs)
4: Yeah, that's also oh, the yeah. premise of uh, Smash <laughs> with Mary Elizabeth Winstead, that she's and like Aaron an Paul. elementary school teacher. I just, I just clown-loaded that. <laughs> yeah. After I watched, uh... for some
1: reason I associate The Kings of Summer with um, uh early films as well. And I was like, I should watch some ones that people actually like. Although I guess some people <laughs> yeah. like The Kings of Summer, but people who I trust yeah. like.
4: <laughs> right. Yeah, but it's pretty funny because like it, I mean it does in a way sort of like link her being a very good teacher with her being slightly inebriated <laughs> or whatever that she's just kind of like, "Woo, we're having a good time!" Yeah, you, you, you. <laughs> yeah.
1: Luckily, Poppy's I, able to conjure up that in- energy whether she's drunk or sober. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, I, I thought that my elementary school teacher was, like, a crazy, like, Obama conspiracy theorist <laughs> later. So I was just like, oh, oh no.
1: The joys of Facebook. <laughs> uh, oh, you found out recently. I thought you meant when you were in elementary school. No, and no. Was like, Obama was, no, like, a no. junior senator then. <laughs> no, no. <Yeah>, <laughs>
0: He's like, this, this, this damn has a senator in Illinois. In Illinois. Via, via Facebook. <laughs> This, this, yeah, the woman that used
1: that used to be my right. elementary
0: school teacher. I was
4: like, uh... This
1: is, uh... Yeah. <laughs> I would definitely, I mean, I think, and that's why I said some of my experience, I think in the conservative South, maybe it's a little bit less, uh... Like, there's more judgment if you show up to work drunk. <laughs> Probably, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they just, gotta get there, rocks off other ways. Just, like, just with Weird conspiracy punishment. theories. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> weird racist conspiracy theories.
1: That. hey you should introduce her to this movie <laughs> <laughs> yep. she might identify strongly with one of the characters <laughs> uh, yeah that'd be a fun
4: weird takeaway someone watches this movie and be like ah oh, that terrible woman was just being rude to that guy who was being perfectly reasonable he's trying to teach her how to drive <laughs> and about uh, all the weird just listen <laughs> to him yeah he knows
1: about the code that's running the world she just won't listen to him.
4: Oh man. Uh. Oh, um, this is again changing the subject, but uh, I did sort of like—I didn't think of it until just now—but like when they're doing the flamenco lesson, and like it seems like Poppy's not very good at it, and I was like, I wonder if she's not good and gonna be good at flamenco because she's not angry enough in life. <laughs>
2: Right. This yeah. My I forgot space. about the flamenco. But yeah. I was
0: I was curious if what that teacher my was space. saying about flamenco was true. I I I was like, that's a very interesting take on this dance. I don't know if that's true or not. But it yeah, seems like I it like could. I mean, it's seems like it
1: could be. She goes to this class to learn how to do these dances or whatever, and like her main takeaway from the first lesson is like, oh man, that instructor seems really sad. Yeah. I wonder if I should help her. <laughs> it's like no. <laughs> She's a stranger. Oh, yeah. You're just there to learn how to dance, Poppy. <laughs> Turn it off occasionally. <laughs> she has her own life and her own ways to support her, her emotional yeah. needs.
4: Yeah. <laughs> like dancing. Yeah, and yeah, she clearly rebounds, really
2: rebounds from it. Yeah. Like she has that bit of a breakdown or whatever, but then later she's back to dancing <laughs> exactly. really hard again. <laughs> so... uh
1: Yeah. Like also that another character. space
2: super dominated by women in that whole mm-hmm. dance scene. There's, like, one or two dudes, like, way in the background I um, in those scenes. And they're, like, barely, there's barely any attention paid to them.
1: It's another example of something I've been noticing recently when, like, I've complained in the past, like, about, oh, they didn't give enough time to, like, define this character. And, you know, that's why this movie is bad, because, you know rush over the stuff, and then I'm like, "Oh no!" Good writers and directors can define a character extremely quickly. Like she has that line right. the second time that they show up, where she's like, "I'm," she's like, "I'm," I'm mildly impressed with what you did, not because you're good, but because you're not as terrible as you were last week. <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh, I know exactly who this person is." <laughs> <laughs> and it's basically just like one line, and I'm like, oh yeah, I do I know this person, I met this person in real life. Yeah.
4: <laughs> yeah. Um, when we first started talking about the movie, I was going to talk about that. That I think that, uh, at least based on what I understand about his process mike lee seems like the perfect kind of like way to do improvisation where he does a lot of rehearsing before they shoot the movie and they all rehearse together but like that they formulate a script together and then by the time they're shooting the movie they're like working from the script but they improvise that script but like they're not improvising in the moment which leads to like the kind of bloated ways that you know uh yeah yeah jed apatow movies always go off the rails or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah that, that. There sure. you go, Mike Lee. what's up.
1: Yeah. Um
4: He needs I... to make a
2: movie with Jason Manzuka's. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, wait, let's see, oh, Mike Lee's modern
0: Hollywood comedy. Mike... Well I think Mike Lee is mm-hmm. Mike Lee's dead, right? No. I know,
1: he's still alive. <laughs> he's still alive. But... Why not <laughs> I do <good>. <laughs> that? Why that? He was dead? I don't
4: know. <laughs> I don't know. That's very weird. <laughs> It's like that. um, somebody that, Oh, he's is back! That an internet meme about somebody, him. Somebody,
0: <laughs> there's somebody that died that reminds me of Mike Lee or
4: that I. Abashkar
1: Starmie? No, no.
4: Spike Lee. No, Spike <laughs> no, Lee still lives. <laughs> <laughs>
0: no, I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out.
4: Ben
1: Williams. Why. No. <laughs>
0: That that's it. That's the one. They both do improv.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So I was um I something I realized recently that um I probably should have done when I was younger is that I don't like improv like hardly at all. But it's also a really useful like behind the scenes skill like, and the thing that I don't like is when people like do improv as the product. But it's actually a super great like practice. So we're talking about practice, Mm -hmm. not a game. <laughs> and that's the not that's okay. the problem with improv. I think in general, not it's okay. like they sell it like it's a game. And it's like if I just thought that I was going to see an interesting practice, I would probably enjoy it more. Like it's, I feel the same thing about acapella. Yeah. I was like when I was growing up, I was like I don't like acapella at all. It's not music. And it's like yeah, but it's also super useful for people who are learning how to sing to like you know figure out how to sing with other people. Right. Harmonizing. Yeah.
2: And it's definitely one of those things that's way more fun to do than yeah. to watch other people do. That's why whenever
1: anyone is in it and you're like, oh, I don't like acapella, they're like, what? What? How can you not like acapella? Oh, my God, it's the most fun thing in the world. And I'm like, yeah, was, you're doing it. That's Doing it, yeah. <laughs> that's the part that's
2: fun. Yeah.
1: Yep.
4: Improv is totally. also very fun to do.
2: Yeah, that's another I get why comedians
4: love it so yeah. much. <laughs> Especially, I mean, well, I, uh, the weird ways, like, I bet it would be also pretty fun to be on set or whatever and watch a bunch of comedians who are, like, intentionally trying to make each other break character. Like, that seems pretty fun, but not yeah. fun to watch in a movie. Yeah. But. <laughs> I like uh, what Michael yeah, Scott I mean, does like... improv
1: in the American office. <laughs> 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 and just keeps pulling out a gun. No matter what the scene is.
4: <laughs> it's the best way to heighten something. There's nothing more intense than a person with a gun, so...
1: I like the song Common People by Pope. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. a great song to dance to in yeah. a club. Yeah,
2: <laughs> I mean, not that that song would ever get played at a club, but... Uh, Sure, It was funny to me because I thought when they showing that when they were showing that maybe scene, I was like, for "Oh, is this a flashback to nineteen 1990- like, ninety? Is this a flashback to like nineteen ninety-six yeah. or whatever when this song came out and like they were all young?" Yeah, because yeah. like sometimes <laughs> the when movies sister. do flashbacks, but still, <laughs> but still use the same actors, it's like, oh, sure. Uh, like sure they would maybe put him in makeup or whatever, but they wouldn't like you know, I don't think Mike Lee would use like whatever like fake. Uh, Things to make it look like super young. And I thought uh, maybe this is like a weird flashback, but nope, it's not. And I thought that like that was uh, pretty funny too, because like the way that scene plays out, they end up like staring at our friends' boobs <laughs> yeah. together yeah. for like, and I'm like, oh, right, this movie is about how they're totally still doing the same thing when they were <laughs> at 30 that they were doing when they were 20. <laughs> mm-hmm. yep, and having
0: probably more view. fun. That's pretty funny. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The drunken <laughs> antics are pretty funny.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh-huh. It also kind of sets that mm-hmm. tone too of like the way that the the dialogue is like really fast, like ping pongy, bouncing off of each other, and it's not it's not like heightened structure the way that you know most movies are. It's like a character says thing, retort, you come <laughs> back, pow, pow, pow. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I thought that yeah. I thought
4: that was fun. Yeah. Good movie, you guys. Made me yeah. happy.
0: glad I suggested for it. For sure.
4: Yeah.
2: <laughs> that was
0: Just gave myself yeah. a pat on the back for that one. <laughs> Thankfully it's not another one that we all hate.
2: Well, <laughs> well done.
0: <laughs> like a lot of the everyone voting
2: has... for this movie.
0: All right. Next, next week, we're doing that new Makoto Shinkai movie, guys.
1: <laughs> I already saw that one. JK. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know, me too. I, know. <laughs>
0: I, just, I thought it was funny that everybody was, like, talking that up. And I was like, uh-oh, Makoto Shinkai. We know where this guy's coming from.
4: <laughs> yeah. uh, Steven told me that he heard that uh, Shinkai made that movie to apologize to his wife for cheating on her with his editor. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Whoa. Wow. What a weird dude. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jesus.
2: <laughs> wow. Yeah. Please accept this film as my apology.
1: <laughs> like, it didn't make me feel one. uh weird. Like that revelation does um, and I won't because I'm keeping it secret for now but I won't say whether or not I liked or disliked The Big Sick but I did definitely one of the thoughts that I had while watching the movie was it must be nice for Kumail and Emily to just have their therapy on screen for millions of people to watch (laughs) (laughs) like oh this is a really bad fight that we had (laughs)
0: yeah <laughs> mm. All right. I think we've, I think we've all right
1: said enough. Right. Okay. Yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody. I hope you're enjoying it. If so, please subscribe using your podcast listening application. Give us a five star rating and review on iTunes. And if you're interested in finding any more of our content, you can go to loosecannons.net. L-O-O-S-E-C-A-N-O-N-S.net. net. We've got writings all of our podcasts and videos and uh you can also get to our discussion board there um yep it's
0: loose cannons mm-hmm. and uh oh.
1: under the episode discussion list uh, i posted a comment if you wanted to join um for our mid-year podcast under that episode discussion hey Maybe uh, post some of your own thoughts halfway through the film watching year of two thousand seventeen. Come to the think board your, and yeah. think for yourself. Join in. Don't
0: be part of the system.
1: <laughs> yeah, I threw it in on Raja. the ground. <laughs> I'm not a part of your system. Enraha, enraha. <laughs> um. All right. All right. I forgot, I, I feel like there's something else that I was going to say besides what next week's films are possibly going to be. But, um, okay, so um, next week, I believe, will be uh, I Will Follow, um, hopefully. By Ava yeah, DuVernay. Directed by Ava DuVernay. And uh, is that the last one before Musicians Month, or is there one more?
4: No, we'll have one more, um, and then we'll be starting our theme month.
1: Yeah. So uh, either I will follow or Ilya's pick, which I don't remember. Um, (laughs) Do you remember Ilya? Nice. No? Okay. It hasn't been decided yet. Okay, that's That's why I don't don't remember. remember. All right. (laughs) So hopefully I will follow gets released because we don't know what we're doing (laughs) after that, so I can't tell you (laughs) what it's going to be. But I will follow and then after that we're gonna be doing a series of movies about musicians in August. Woo. All right.
3: Woo
0: yeah. Yes. Musicians All August. Right. And that's musicians on film, not necessarily real musicians, not necessarily fake musicians. It could be either one. Yeah. Just any movie about musicians.
1: Thanks for listening, everybody. I hope you enjoyed it. See you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 I think we nailed it.